everyone. Welcome to the Self-Published Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Pearson, and I'm joined today by my husband. Hi, I'm Nolan. And my brother, our audiovisual guy. Hi, I'm Josh. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, it's the best show for publishing and marketing tips, motivational quotes, and tons of advice and ideas on the craft of writing itself based off of great and awful movies. And what movie are we doing today? Scorch Trials. Which is a continuation of which series? The Maze Runner. Yeah. Is it a great or awful movie? In between. I would agree with that. Josh? Yeah. Josh is the only one who's actually read this book, and I'm really glad I never read the book. <laughs> the book is actually pretty good compared to the movie. Yeah, but the book is them being in another trial all over again. Kind of. I mean, to me, it didn't feel that way when I read it. Even though that's what it is, it, it felt like just a hero's journey style of book where they're getting from point A to point B. At least that's what I felt like it was, but I don't I don't remember. I read this like however seven years ago. So the title Scorch Trials or Scorch Trial, it's kind of like based on them being tried again, but in the movie they're not being tried at all. And so that's what my argument was like the movie doesn't fit the title anymore. Yeah. Anyway, so updates this week. Um what 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 did we tell them about my treadmill desk that arrived without hardware? Did we tell them that last week? Yeah. Okay, so I finally got a hold of them and they're like this this treadmill comes with hardware pre-assembled. And I was well, like, yeah, it's attached or something already. And I sent pictures and it took them five days to respond. It's like, it is, it's not pre-assembled and pre-attached anyway. So they emailed me today and said that they're sending the hardware. Yay. I know. So we'll see how long it takes for that to come, but I really hope it works because dang it, that I want to be using it as even though I can't walk a whole lot right now, but it's still, I want to be using it. Right. Anyway. Um, we want it assembled anyway. Yeah, exactly. So and tested test it. Test it functionality. Yeah. Exactly. Um, let's see. Uh, book stuff. I've been writing Able series. Haven't made any forward progress on audiobooks. We've kind of stalled there just because we've got too much going on right now. I'm trying to get a bunch of my books in print. Anyway, so it is during the day and our children are watching Lion King 2 right now. So if we get interrupted, that's that's what why. All right, Nolan, you want to go ahead and give us... Oh, wait, do you have any updates? No, just posting stuff on Instagram. Josh, do you have any updates? Not really. You've been writing, though. I have been. It's kind of exciting. Have you finished your book yet? <laughs> <laughs> I've written half a page more and found some good research material I'm using. Good. Very lovely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired too. Uh, yes. Nolan was like unconscious for the last, I mean, off and on for the last like two hours, totally unconscious. Well, I was up till like one. And then and got then up at three. Got up at three. So you took He's, a nap? <laughs> yeah. He, he didn't even sleep in our room. He slept on the couch. And the whole night I was like, I wonder when he's coming back. I was never I coming back. wonder when he's <laughs> coming back. <laughs> so, so I didn't sleep either. Because <laughs> it's hard to fall asleep when you know somebody's going to be entering the room at any minute. Which I did to get my clothes. But yeah. Then... But it, that, was, that was time for you to go to work anyway. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so you want to go ahead and give us the quote? Do or do not. There is no try. <gasps> Yoda. Is that really Yoda? There's no way I would have guessed. <laughs> I love this it's quote. It's not actually Yoda because somebody had to write that. Yeah, Yoda's just a puppet. Yo. What? <laughs> I'm sorry if I just ruined all of you. Whoa. <laughs> Nolan's just learned something. 
<clears throat> Were you today years old when you learned that Yoda was a puppet? Yes. <laughs> I thought he was CG. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is actually in quite a few of the movies now, but... Probably more than he's a puppet. Yeah. Sad. It's very sad. Anyway. Her voice didn't work right then. Sad. There we go. <laughs> you were feeling emotional. I was. Yeah. So why did you pick that one? What What do you think of that? And it was really short. And <laughs> that was the main thing. I was like, oh, wow. Because it kind of actually gets smushed in with all these other ones. I hadn't. I don't think I noticed it before. So well, it is a good one, though, because, you know, people... Yeah, we talk all the time about actually doing stuff. Just, just doing talking it. About it. Yeah, and following through on things. Yep. My favorite thing about this quote was this one time I was at Walmart and there's this like four-year-old girl near me and she was just blabbering on about something to her mom. And then out of the blue, she's like, to be or not to be, there is no try. <laughs> that's, that's cute. <laughs> I thought it was a funny mix. Uh, kids are great. Our, our six-year-old now, I almost said five-year-old, she says funny, insane things. My readers keep telling me we need to put, up, put together a book of the things she says. I agree. It would be fun. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and go on to the tip. This is a continuation of website stuff. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk this week and next week about places where you can host your website. Um, you can host on WordPress. They have free and paid options. Professional websites hosted on them range from simple to very complex, and a lot of very professional websites use WordPress. Uh, for the most part, WordPress isn't super user-friendly to people who aren't a, a little tech-savvy already. And... Um, I was introduced to Blogger before WordPress, otherwise I'd probably be using WordPress more than I do. All my main sites are on Blogger except for this podcast, which is on WordPress, and then my, uh, what's it called, my selfpublishedstrong.com, or selfpublishedstrongcourses.com, which is on WordPress, but it's actually hosted on Teachable. Okay, so I mentioned Blogger, it's owned by Google, it's free to use. There's not as big a learning curve as WordPress, but it's also not as flexible. But like I was saying, for fast and simple blogs, it is my personal favorite just because it's really easy to set something up. And if you only need something, only need something for a very brief little bit, then it's great. Uh, there's also Wix. It's a site that offers um, like over 500 templates and it's, it has free and paid options. It's, it's kind of a drag and drop system, so it's really easy to use. But the problem is once you pick a template, you can't change it later. And... There's one thing about Wix that I hate because I'm a web developer yeah. and Wix doesn't show you the distance between items when you're creating it. So it's really hard to line your website up perfectly. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. And it's always got their logo on it. You can't ever remove yeah. the logo and WordPress and Blogger don't. So And WordPress runs 29% of the internet. So there's Which is why we good. shouldn't use WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> it's just powerful. It's useful. It is very powerful. They have, and pretty much everything um, has plugins for WordPress, and they don't for everything, you know, all the other stuff. It's kind of like MailChimp. MailChimp, everybody has plugins for MailChimp, so... It's valuable. Um, and then next week, we'll talk about three other options where you can host your website. And that's it for the tip for today. Should we go on to the movie? We should. Okay. Josh, go ahead and give us a very quick rundown on what this movie is about. This movie is about a bunch of kids that escaped something and then ran somewhere. That is true. It's true. This and there's zombies. Point, this is a point yeah, A, point zombies. B movies. Yeah, movie. It's... It is. It's a filler movie. It's the one that gets from yeah, one point yeah. to the next. So I was thinking about this earlier today, and I was trying to remember where Scorch Trial begins. 
and ends compared to the first and third movies. Well, it's, it's hard because hard. the book the books don't end and start in the same places in the in as the movies, and so that's going to yeah. be skewing your memories as well. I yeah, mean. that's probably true too. But I don't really remember where Scorch Scorch Trail ends and the Death Cure begins. I'm trying to think, huh? I remember where Death Cure begins. I don't remember where Scorch Trial ends. It, it ends with them planning to get Minho back. Is that it? Yeah, and then Cause... they're like, so you've got a plan, right, Thomas? And he just like stare, does the hero stare into the distance, and that's how the movie ends. Oh, yes, that's right. I don't yeah. remember that. Well, there's like only a few of them, and, and, and they're like fighting. Like, hero smirk. Yes. Oh, yeah, like, I remember that. Hey. Anyway, yeah, no, yeah, the whole hero smirk, the staring off the distance. The, I've got a comment to make about Thomas in this movie, so... I've actually got lots of comments to make about Thomas. <laughs> I'm going to actually go I ahead think, and make it. Oh. I think my favorite thing about this is we have the character and character development section, and I wrote Thomas's name and didn't write anything next to it. That seems pretty poetic, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, the movie, I mean... I've, Thomas exists. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, how much character development needs to happen? I mean, you should have a little bit, but... The focus on this is what they do, not what they become, I uh, think. Uh, yeah. His uh, his relationship with Teresa changes quite a bit. Quite, that's true. There's a bit of quite a bit of development. Or everyone's there. relationship with Teresa. Teresa. That's uh, true. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, that's right. I have comments. I remember they do how this they, they do up the... <laughs> I mean, and the stakes get upped quite a bit. That's what this movie's for. This movie introduces the wider problem. Because before across, it was like, yeah. escape the maze. And then you escape the maze, and then you're like, there's a whole world that's cracked. And there's like zombies. Yeah, this is like... And a, the plague. Right, a classic yes. trilogy sort of thing where the first book just kind of does the thing. The second one's just like, oh no, everything sucks. Mm -hmm. And the third one is a resolution of some kind. Yeah. Um, and then, so this movie also explains what happened and why they were in the maze. So basically the sun gets too hot and fries earth and then a virus comes from somewhere. Do they ever explain where the virus comes from? But it hits earth and it affects brains and it turns people into zombies, basically. And I actually really liked the little scientific bits, you know, watching the virus actually down to the cell and how it moved and worked. Nolan is our infectious disease specialist. How did you feel about it? You uh, you can't see viruses in a microscope, so please stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know that. I learned something new just now. <laughs> I mean, you can, but not like they're I just mean, like... They're not squirrely, biggy worm thingies. Isn't, isn't no. a virus just a protein-holding DNA? Yeah, so they're not visible by most, I think, any light microscopes you gotta use like a scanning electron micrograph or something anyway <laughs> you should uh, say that louder because that last uh, you I can't yeah you gotta use like super science equipment to see them you can't just be like oh look i have a micros my this was super science equipment they have just a regular light microscope on their desk <laughs> yeah, and they're true. like the virus i see it no you don't <laughs> that's more. right she's like using like the the kind of microscope that my older brother eric got for his birthday when he was 12 and yeah, she's like you're... come look at this <laughs> i mean they're not even using like the hundred 100 power objective lens with oil immersion, which is what you have to do if you're going to use 100. Anyway. Anyway, point is, uh, I work in a lab. <laughs> I do their job and teach people how to do this. And so, anyway, fine, whatever. It's wrong. It's just horribly wrong. So it's fine. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I can't imagine them doing it right and people caring anyway. It would be kind of cool to actually, I mean, because it wouldn't have taken any more time. No, to... if they'd actually gotten this stuff. I but even so, with 100, about that with 100 power objective and even with, I mean, with the power all the way up, you're not going to see it. Yes. Yeah. You're just not going to. That's part of my comments on the death cure. By like a thousand still. <laughs> okay. So my comment on, on Thomas, he's smart and stupid. 
So he loses his brains during during some uh, some stressful situations, and other times he doesn't. And so he's not consistent in how he handles panic and stress. People are either freeze people or action people. Nolan is a freeze person. I'm an action person. Our five, I was just going to say our, da- our name, daughter's name. Our six-year-old is a freeze person, and I think that the three-year-old will end up being more of an action-y person. Like, he'll be sitting there pounding on her, and she's like, ah, stop! I'm like, get out of the way! <laughs> But like, so Thomas is not, I mean, he goes back and forth between that. He's not like, he's not smart in all the situations and he's not stupid so in all the situations. So inconsistent character. Yes. Okay. Very inconsistent. Um, but Minho, on the other hand, is Han Solo. Because when they're getting chased while they're trying to escape Wicked's facility, he turns around and yells and charges and like power kicks the guy down and takes his gun. And we're all like, he's he's the main character. And like two seconds later, when they find someone else with a gun, they ignore the gun. I know. It's true. That's true. When he's getting electrocuted. Yeah. They're just like, oh, look, a gun. And then they kick it and run past. Yeah. It's, yes, again, inconsistent. Okay. So, um, okay. I did have a comment about um, tr- uh, Thomas's relationship with Brenda and his friends. So they're all in danger and he runs to save her instead of making sure that Minho and his closest friends are safe. And at this point, well, no point in the movie do we have any backstory between him and Brenda where we feel like they're a thing, a they're thing never, in any way. Never a thing. Other than not that even a really awesome dream. The, Which the, one was that? Oh, that's not a dream. When they're super high. The, the hallucination <laughs> when he kisses and thinks she's Teresa. Yeah, that was yeah. really weird. Yeah, so my thing is, I think they have stronger relationships in the books that didn't convert to the big screen. Yeah. And so not everything can convert to the big screen. You've got to adapt, you know, because Brenda, we're like, who the heck is Brenda? All of a sudden, he's her best friend. Brenda, Brenda, what are you doing? Brenda, come on, let's go. And I'm like, who cares about Brenda? Mino's over there. I mean... Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, especially considering, like, Winston is someone who he also, like, really cares for in the beginning when Winston dies. And Which one's Winston we don't again? even know who Winston is. Like, he's the I guy who down himself in the head. Oh, yeah. yes, that's right. Who's so that's Winston? why I don't remember him. But, like, he went through the maze and he acted not quite so protective of Winston as he did Brenda. And yeah. he, like, barely met Brenda. Yeah. Yeah, Winston is one of the big characters from the book, apparently, but you can't not... This was what we talked about last time. Not every character is going to be big. Right. And then they, they don't build him up to make it meaningful when he dies either. So he yeah. just dies. It's the same problem we had with the first movie when they kill yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. They're not, there's not a much that much emotional impact. And then he's attaching to this other person that at least they had a backstory. It's like, oh, he was from the maze. At least we have that to go on. Yeah, no kidding. So like when he does die, at least you know that much, even though it's not really specific. There's not much specific between those two. But then, yeah, Brenda's nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we'll have some comments on Brenda and um, Jorge when we do the death cure. Not not this time. I don't want to spoil it for <laughs> the death cure. Yeah. But um, there is unintentional comedy <laughs> when, when um, Brenda gets cured. You know, she gets the cure, and he's and Thomas pulls out a picture of her brother, and she goes, "That's my brother. You remind me of her." And Josh and I at the same time yeah. said, "That's why I kissed you." Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> she's like, "You remind me of my brother," and yet she kissed him. Just made out with him, like yeah, the previous scene. <laughs> I guess it was more than a previous scene. Cause then... Yeah. Um, Nolan called this movie "Stop and Look Back." The movie. <laughs> That's what. That's actually yeah, the title. Stop and look back. The movie. That's actually what he wrote down. Because they, they are constantly yelling, "Don't look back!" And then 
that's all they're doing. They, yeah, like, they're running and they're always looking they're back. They're even telling you not to look back as they're looking back. <laughs> yeah. So like <laughs> every single action scene pretty much they look back. And they stare a lot at bad things happening they should be running from. Yep. Like lightning oh strikes gosh, and then yeah. they stare and like it it's takes like, like for thirty seconds. They're like four or five more lightning strikes. A strike. storm. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. It is coming this way. And we're the tallest things in this desert. <laughs> Let's just stand here for a while and enjoy nature's majesty. <laughs> no kidding. Anyway. Um, okay, so things that worked for me. I actually liked, I actually enjoyed most of the movie. The zombies, action, etc. It just had a lot of implausible and stupid things in it that we made fun of. But I was not, well, I was bored during the first part of the movie. But most of the time I was not bored in this movie. Yeah, they, they do keep it moving. I, I don't think the plot holds together very well. The mm-hmm. pacing is not good. No. But it is action-y. Yeah. I put explodey, yeah. which is, yeah, they blow things up a lot. They do. Um, Nolan, you have a ton of comments on the first page sure that I do. totally skipped. Go ahead. Um, okay. So uh, this movie is um, about, I guess, false refuge. They never really escape Wicked. the greater maze. Yeah, because ex- exactly. They escape the maze, but they're still within the maze of the plots that they have set up for them. That's kind of good, though. Isn't it, it is. I like that. Yeah, yeah, but because they like at the very beginning, uh, well, the very opening scene, the cold open is them um, running out of the uh, helicopter. Right? It's a flashback of Thomas That's as he's right. coming up the cage, and he remembers just a few things that happened right before he woke up in the glade. Yeah, and uh, so he. I mean, the movie begins with him being in a cage, mm-hmm. and they still are even in. A, a metaphorical sense. Well, I mean, because everywhere they go, Wicked catches up to them. Exactly. I mean, they, they think that the, um, some people rescue them, but it really ends up being Wicked that rescued them. Mm-hmm. And they go to the, this facility that's their new home. Yeah. But it's really Super just in security. Another, right. And it's there's locks on all the doors, and, you know, so they never really These escaped. Really, really yeah. big air ducts. Huge air ducts for four or five people. Which, to... which Nolan and Josh kept commenting on that. I'm like, I used to work in warehouses. The warehouse air ducts are huge that I've been around. So I was like willing to accept it. And they're like, no, nah, it's too big. <laughs> I mean, they were always convenient and placed exactly where they needed to be. Yeah. Yes, exactly. To oh, see this one's everything. in the ceiling and this one's on the ground. Um, right outside the lab we want to sneak into. Yeah. And then you can open them from the inside because uh, I don't know how and you And then they could shut it with set, uh, like a 10-foot ceiling and then get back it into it somehow. They somehow got back into it. Yeah. yeah. After they dropped down. Yeah. Yeah, we had lots of issues. <laughs> I mean, inciting incident, like when when they're in the lab with all the hanging peoples, like it, realizing that it's wicked. There's a lot of problems in that. Whole oh, scene. I've got, I've got a comment. Yeah, I'm sure you. Yeah, because uh, they, they're in that facility. So they they go into a room where they they find you know they think they're safe, and they keep taking people back in groups to, uh, to, to go let to them the refuge, go. Yes, to their yeah. new life. Yeah, and they're like, I guess there's like a farm or something. And I was like, like a dog, <laughs> like your dog's at the farm. <laughs> Doesn't that like clue you in? I guess they had their minds wiped, but like he just went to a farm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, it turns out they're sucking uh, chemicals out of them, the cure to the, the virus. Yeah. Um, or or is slow to the virus. It doesn't cure. A, a true. A treatment for the virus yeah. that the kids make. Um, and uh, anyway, they're, they're, they're hiding in there. And then Jansen, our new bad guy, comes in there to talk to the old bad guy, Dr. What's-Her-Face. Ava Page, I think. Yeah, and they have this big holographic screen in the middle of the hallway of the the lab. lab. (laughs) It's like, let's go have a Skype call. Yeah, (laughs) I was like, 
they should have gone because they go through like a beginning, conference room maybe yeah they go through like a beginning part where it makes sense they'd have like a monitor where they could see that and still be in the lab space just in the, the beginning you know and but they do it like literally they walk to the end of a hallway in front of a warehouse and the frame <laughs> of the door becomes a screen that they talk to the doctor on yeah now we talk about scenes doing more than one thing and I understand they want to. <laughs> so they wanted to condense it, but it didn't make sense. That is literally sense. why they did it. Yeah, it's they, true. they had it so that they could talk. They could overhear them talking to the big bad guy so they knew the, their new not friend is actually a bad guy. You know, they could have solved that so much easier. Like they, oh, them agree. running and going and hiding and then Jansen ending up in the room they hide in, you know? Well, he was in the room there. But I'm there. saying like it would be like a 30, 20 second for them. Yeah. Like, oh, they're coming. So let's go hide in this dark room and then they get trapped or something, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. We're like, what the heck? You know, yeah. like, why is he always Skyping in the middle of the hallway? That's really a computer, <laughs> magic computer screen so, that appears. I do want to, I want to ask you, I and mean, what is the inciting incident? Because if them discovering, I mean, that is way into the movie. Them discovering that it's wicked, it's like wicked. is that 15, is way, 20 minutes in. It's like longer than that. It feels like at least 30 minutes. Yeah. The movie's over, well That's over two true. hours. Yeah. Yeah. It does take a while for they, that to happen, but nothing really happens before that. that that's why I was bored. Yeah, it is boring. It bored me. It, they took too long. They they tried to establish a new normal. normal. Like you're gonna be fine, you know, trying to soothe you. But they know. But you know that there's dangers because there are. They do get attacked by zombies on their way out of the helicopter to the facility. So they oh, know did it's they? not I safe. I totally missed that. They're coming down the hill. Yeah, I thought that those were just yeah. like and those regular pranks. people. Okay, the doors shut, that. and they're like, "Oh, I guess the other guards are are, are fine to die." Yes. Yeah, I know, right? They should have just withdrawn and then yeah. closed the door and then shot him from the roof, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know anything about tactics. Never mind. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I think they could have condensed the first part of the movie and had the inciting incident happen faster because I agree the inciting incident is when they realize that they're still with Wicked, you know? Mm -hmm. Wicked is a stupid abbreviation, by the way. WC. KD. Yeah, it's like Kill Zone Department. Like you, something like Kill yeah. Zone Department. It's like a really, really big stretch. It, it, it was too much of a stretch. Yeah. All right. Do you have any other comments um, that you want to go over before I go over things that um, don't? So we do get introduced to the cranks, which yeah. are the zombies in this. Which so I they, liked. They helped the ante. Yeah. Because you, you thought that the Wichimas, the Grievers, were a problem, but mm -hmm. there's also cranks. Yes. Who and are, cranks happen naturally, and Grievers were a big lab experiment. They were. Um, they, they chose to spend uh, resources inventing grievers instead of curing they could have had they could have just had cranks in the first book or the first movie yeah well i guess they didn't want them well i guess that would make more sense because they're trying to find out who's infected and who can get infected and who's not so exactly first thing i would do is have them fight a crank i guess yeah well, and zombies are terrifying enough even though i did like their reactions when they first saw zombies because they don't have any memories they're not going to remember watching world war z or i am legend <laughs> which is what the zombies world uh, i am legend i literally wrote on on the first page these these are just the zombies from i am legend yeah, well, the zombies from Ryan Legend, their mouths go bigger. That's and they true. Breathe, they breathe really fast. And they can't be in the sun. That's because they're actually supposed to be vampires. Vampires, but, but they... Yep. <laughs> they mix two popular, um, you know, monsters. Okay, so I'm going to talk about things that did not work for me. Um, so, all right, so the highest ranking people show up to a war zone when, after the betrayal... Oh, yeah. um, Dr. Page and Jansen both show up to get the... Yes. And I'm like, that's a war zone. You wouldn't uh, be sending your people there. Star Trek The Next Generation. The entire bridge crew <laughs> always goes so on an away true. mission. That's true. But they're also the ones we care most about. <laughs> Which is not something that actually happens in real life. No. But... 
Leap from the front. Um, okay, here's another point. They're the first time they're introduced to cranks, the zombies. They're in the basement. They're in like in a department store, and they're exploring around, looking at things. They're talking and they're moving things around. Yeah, they don't know to be and careful. It's, but it's oh. only until they turn the lights on that the zombies wake up. And most of the zombies don't have eyes. Yeah, I wondered so that too. Actually, they can hear things, but they can't see anything. And yet, the lights are what wake them up. So, in reference to that, I really hate the foreshadowing in this movie because. It only happens a minute or two before the action, and it's really blatant. Like, right before they discover, turn on the lights on, all the zombies come out. They're just like, "What's that? Um, the looks like defense? people lived here. And then the response was, where are they now? And then they turn <laughs> the lights on. Yep. The, I have a note saying that the dialogue is really bad in this. I didn't write down any examples, but uh, there was some pretty bad stuff in here um, throughout where they just say really obvious, redundant things. Yeah. You remind me of my brother. <laughs> Let's make guy, out. I, guy I made out with in the and my next comment is actually about Brenda the actress they picked for her I've never read the book I didn't know who she was I thought she was 40 years old Ouch. and so when she starts her haircut it doesn't it's not flattering to her I love pixie cuts on some women but on her it made her look like she was 40 and so when she starts hitting on she's Thomas almost, she's and almost. acting jealous of Teresa I was like what the heck she's this is not believable. It's like your stepmom. Your stepmom. Yeah. yeah she she's gets way, way jealous, jealous of Teresa. Man, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> Maybe you blocked it out because you're like, why is this crazy stepmom hitting on this? <laughs> That's awful. Uh, it's not as awful. Uh, what's his name? We just found out. Uh, uh, Winston Jansen. No, Ocean's 12. Oh, um... George Clooney. Uh, George Clooney. Oh, yes. We were watching Ocean's 12. We were watching the whole trilogy because, you know, it's cool. Anyway, they're making fun of him. They're like to Danny Ocean saying, how old are you? And he's like, how old do you think I am? I don't know, 48, 52. And he's like, excuse me. I looked it up. George Clooney during the filming of that movie was 43. And he looks like he's 53. Yeah, he totally does. So I was like, well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then he gets mad at them. He gets so mad. He like storms off. And I'm like, (laughs) poor guy. (laughs) That wasn't acting. No. Okay, so any last comments before I go into trivia? I've got tons. Okay, go ahead. Science is easy. Just watch <laughs> this movie. You will science like nothing. Um, they extract the cure in a tent with a bottle, uh, an unknown yes. a yep. bottle of reagent that's not uh, properly labeled. Um, <laughs> and like no equipment at all. You don't need a centrifuge or nothing. Although they use them in the third movie. They actually pull the samples out of like a centrifuge. So they actually yeah. made, they tried in the third movie. They, they tried. probably got complaints. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense that the bad doctor's the one doing things poorly. I mean, I guess I, she's technically a good guy, but they kill her, so. But I mean, they're, they're out in the, I, mean, the I mean, they don't have the equipment, so it should be ghetto, but it's like, they should actually have a thing instead of like two syringes. I mean, a doctor is going to follow proper things anyway if they care that much even if they're out in the tent yeah so i'm not like sure how they get the cure they just like draw blood and then they have like some blue stuff yeah they don't um, show us they, there's which a is lot fine of... that they don't have to show you but i feel like they like wanted to show you because like she was doing sciencey things while she was talking and then like yeah and one of the goofs she like fills the syringe up all the way and then when we see it it's like it's, got a quarter it's only, of an inch yeah she's like drawing it all up and then there's like nothing in it when she checks in maybe she's just really bad with a needle yeah she's like gotta get this bubble out just squirting the juice all the way <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, yeah. haven't you ever seen people snip you know snip it yeah snap yeah 
Um, so yeah, the view screen in the lab hallway. Uh, mm-hmm. How they get back in the air vent? We talked about that, where mm-hmm. they drop out of an air vent and, and like then they close the it, and then they get close back it, into and it then somehow must get back into it because they don't show an alternate route. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, they throw Minho throws away his water bottle when he runs. While out they're of in water. the desert, he <laughs> yes. has, like drinks the last drops and tosses it. It's like, like hey, never what happens that. if you run across the stream? You can't fill your water bottle. <laughs> screwed, buddy. So that's Minho doing something I don't approve of. Yeah. That's well, like the first time. town, homie. <laughs> uh, so save your water bottles, save your guns. Yeah, don't uh, throw they the guns. They use these things called bullets. You can take them out of one and put them in the one. Guns are reusable? They're reusable. Wow. You don't just shoot them until they run out of bullets and then throw them at somebody. <laughs> they like to do that in movies, too. They do. Yeah, do they not do. do this in real life. Especially in a zombie-like scenario when you find one you like. Probably want to keep it. I mean, oh, I thought you were saying point, find a zombie you like. You're also <laughs> them too. Keep able to just pick up a rifle with a scope and shoot headshots from a hundred yards away. Yeah, because you don't know where it's headed in. You're like, mm. <laughs> you don't know the guns. Guys, guys, <laughs> guys, this is way too technical. <laughs> um, useless character death, or I should say, um, unemotionally attached character death. Winston. Yeah. Yeah. I actually didn't mind the way they handled it. Like, it was okay. I just wish that Like, he they give had... him a gun, and then they're walking on the desert, and then... Pew. Yeah, and, and then, then they freeze, and I... Looking back. Yeah, they look back. I like that shot. Stop yeah. and look back the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, that one fit, though. No, yeah, it yeah. And you can use it, but Some you can of them also fit. Some of them are it. fine. Don't but abuse it. Yeah, not all of them. Not, don't look back in every action scene. Don't trip when you look back. <laughs> in every action scene do not do these things um oh don't bombard don't bombard the prisoners from helicopters um so wicked arrives at the yeah. end they get betrayed and wicked comes to take them away and the first thing they do is strafe the camp yes so they're like killing all the people they're trying to save <laughs> and then they get out and start using stun shots people <laughs> yeah. like their severed limbs you know zap them afterwards <laughs> like <laughs> crawling like legs are torn off and you zap them <laughs> that makes no sense well <laughs> i just had a huge problem problem in general with the whole people in the mountains sort of stuff because it's just super awkward everything felt like a set yeah i agree and with that instead of like they lived there super choreographed and then like the chick that played the main whatever talked to thomas like a combination of his mom and his lover was, oh is that mary the the yeah, doctor the mary. yeah she's like mary Hi, Which thomas. The, the good doctor the one that he, oh yes yeah. yeah so she's like I don't even know who she was. I mean, she barely had a role in the movie, and then they kill her, you know? She made the cure from his blood. Oh, that's true. And yeah, she's the one, she's it. like, uh, oh, you're the one who gave me all the wicked... Oh, that's uh, right. Facilities. Yes, yeah. he was, He was. Um, he turned traitor on wicked and was right. beating him. And then, with... yeah, um, the leader of the, the rebels is like, hmm, strange new respect face. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, and I say there's too much posing and unsupported melodrama. <laughs> <laughs> Give an example. Uh, lots of it. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like they were like acting at us a lot of the time. Yeah. Well, okay. So is that in this movie where they're trying to decide how to rescue Minho? That's right. It is in this movie. And the one guy with the long scraggly hair. No, is that not in this movie? I can't remember if this is in Death Cure or not. But there's, they've got a table with a map on it. 
And I think that's the beginning of the death cure. Okay, so we'll talk about that in the death cure. But my point about actually, I won't even mention it then because I wasn't going to. But he's like sitting there, we can't go there. And then you're like a this, and he's like doing all these hand motions that feel like he's acting rather than, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. oh, Thomas flails his arms so much when he's running or I, even when he's talking or he like I've turns around. <laughs> he turns around and his arms flail over his head just to turn like 90 degrees. Okay, I totally missed that. Do you need that. to throw your weight into it that much? I mean, yeah, that I, I noticed that by the end of the third movie. It's just he's constantly like motioning and waving and flailing. Flailing is good. Flailing. Flailing. We should go on. His body's a weapon. It's a flail. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay, okay, are you guys okay with trivia now? Yeah. Okay, there's not that much on this one. There's a ton on the next one, though. I'm excited. So excited to do the death cure. Okay, so the studio didn't want to greenlight this movie until after they after the first had proven itself, but they ended up greenlighting anyway two weeks before the Maze Runner came out. Hmm. I don't know why, but I thought that was a smart choice because they did very well. Someone's kid asked them. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, and then, as we've already said, the book is vastly different from the movie, and I said, and thank goodness, too. <laughs> <laughs> Because I had zero desire to read it when I learned it would be another maze and another test. And I actually enjoyed this movie. There's a lot of stuff in it that I hate, but it's... Which is why The Force Awakened is dumb. <laughs> yes. Oh, Death Star, but bigger again. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about that movie. But, in but I mean, we, you know, like we have a trial in the first movie. The first movie is about a trial. And the yeah. second movie, we don't want it to start with a trial. Okay. So I have two more bits of trivia. Newt plays bass guitar in a band with his family, which is pretty cool. Like the Partridge family? <laughs> I don't know. But this next bit of, bit of trivia is amazing. Teresa, the actress, has a shared tattoo that says, Our love is unique with an ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and she was engaged a year later to her now husband. It's unique, but not lasting. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Our love is unique. <laughs> and then she gets married to a different guy a year later. <laughs> That's a stupid tattoo. Our love is unique. Okay, so we just calmed a screaming toddler. Yes. Um, Nolan and Josh, you guys ready for takeaways? Yeah. Who wants to go first? <laughs> I guess I'll go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I had a huge problem with, with the Scorch Trials and scenes having tone that would switch halfway through. Or inconsistent tone. Like the middle of the fighting in the end, I think, is the best example where there's a ton of smoke and dust in the air and everyone's confused. And then randomly... It'll switch a little bit like in the middle of a shot. It'll change to them knowing what's going on and having a purpose. Yeah. And then it go back to confusion. And, and you were was... also talking about the smoke and then the clearness, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Suddenly they'd be perfectly within like it'd be a further away shot and there would be no smoke in the air. And then seconds later, they'd be close and there'd just be fog and smoke and, yeah. and dust everywhere. So how does that apply to writing? Um, I think in writing, it's probably most important to to keep your descriptions of, of things going on fairly similar through an action scene. Mm -hmm. I guess because it's it's really important to to not have jarring transitions. And yeah, pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Pay attention to the narration. Switching character viewpoints that isn't useful. Like too much of that. Yeah. Any of that. The shaky cam of writing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, was it Cloverfield? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we should do that one for the podcast. It's if a horribly they, bad movie. If they have a if they have a uh, steady cam. Release. <laughs> Somebody, a, An auto-tune release? A super fan should do a steady camera. Another one you could do is Chronicle. That's another really We actually one. own Chronicle. Yeah. 
It's a really stupid movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, um, I, I liked aspects of it. Yeah, anyway, we'll really good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. gosh. And then my second takeaway is do not do romance like this movie because <laughs> it is so bad. Are you talking about between Teresa and... Between, they tried to like set up a crappy love triangle with Brenda and Teresa and Thomas. And yeah, all and it really resulted in was we don't care about any of them. Yeah. And I still don't care about any of them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that one. And yeah, we'll we'll save all the comments about Brenda and her other man for the next movie. Okay, uh, those are your takeaways. Yeah, those are my takeaways. That's good. Nolan? Yeah, pacing is a problem in mm-hmm. this one. Yeah, like the first bit of the movie that's uh-huh. super boring. Yeah, um, they they do a lot of running, but I don't feel like they... It doesn't really hang together, the scenes in between. Like the one where they get high. They, yeah. And <laughs> oh just, my gosh, I forgot to comment on that one. It's just really Like, awkward. cut that entire scene out. Please, right now. It was pointless. pointless. There's zero anything, nothing happened that could have... The only the story future, they, the that only, was part of the crappy romance. Yeah. The only thing that really it, um, shows, they show anything is uh, Brenda being into Thomas. Thomas. Thomas and him not reciprocating. Yeah. Yeah. Which they could have done anywhere. Literally anywhere else. And they do ham-handedly. Um, they just do not handle emotions. Because they could have just walked into a building and gotten knocked out and then woken up when What's-His-Face is getting beat up, you know? I'm like, they just could have skipped that entire hallucination scene because it was completely pointless. Take night and fall asleep and wake up close together. Like, that's another yeah, really snuggling, cheesy, cliche and then, thing to do. And then he's like, whoa, get off me. And she's like, why? <laughs> yeah. It's better than a hallucination kiss. Yeah. with uh, I just hated that entire scene. There was no your point to it. mom. <laughs> all right no next takeaway <laughs> wait uh, wait oh yeah so pacing was your okay. pacing um which i complain about a lot mm-hmm. if you've listened to the podcast i think pacing is a huge problem in movies it's really a challenge to 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 juggle the it's really hard for the author to know if they're getting it right especially when they first start out though that too yeah but in movies there's such a short time frame you don't have the extra space to build up these relationships, you know. Yeah, yeah. So when they when they cut out, they they cut out this the the they have to cut out scenes, and the ones they keep are the ones that have the emotions in them, but they they don't have the support of the scenes that got cut. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Next takeaway. Next takeaway. Um, tone consistency. <laughs> I don't know. Um, they just they just there's just too many convenient things that happen. <laughs> yeah, actually. You mean like when they're going through the tunnel and they're trying to get away from the cranks, and Brenda shows up in a jeep and saves them? That sort of thing. It's like Deus Ex I mean, all the time, and like vents need to be where they are, and like they can just magically do things. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just noticed it a lot. Like everything just happens to be right where they need it to be for them to do what they need to do. Brenda, in the end, suddenly starts becoming a crank right when they get where she can get the cure. Yeah, that's even though point. she was attacked way earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the time needs to be whatever it is for the plot, the distance, the location of things, um, just all that stuff. It's yeah. just coincidence. But like, it's not like yeah, it's not like Deus Ex Machina, but it's and, convenient. And my third is stop stopping and looking back. <laughs> just stop <laughs> yeah. it already. Okay. Thank you. Um, that's funny. Okay, so I actually have three takeaways. I'll go over them really quickly. So stop laughing. (laughs) (laughs) They do it so much, though. I know, it's so bad. (laughs) Okay, so Brenda and Thomas slide down metal-coiled ropes six stories high, and their hands do not get injured. 
they also fall onto a window and it doesn't break. And then when the crank falls on it, it doesn't when break. When they need it to break. And then Thomas hits it with his fist and it shatters. Yes. I think he had a, he had a piece of rebar. But Either way, it's still it not going to break. It happened when they needed it to. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so and be realistic. Before. Be realistic with injuries. The skin on their hands would have burned off. And, like, this is what I do with as an author. Your, your characters have to get wounded. You have to have something happen. Somebody's got to get injured. But if you need that body part, like their hands, then have them get injured in another way like there's no way somebody's gonna slide down an elevator shaft on those metal coils because those coils are not meant you know they're not smooth you have your hand on just a couple feet and that's gonna hurt like crazy yeah a couple inches like six inches of that and you're already yep okay so this comment kind of goes along with you guys they're slow to run even when there's danger so my comment for authors is be careful with putting too much narrative into action scenes it sometimes increases the intensity but also frustrates readers a great deal so like you stop and give like three paragraphs of description on a building they just entered robert jordan (laughs) yes that's our go-to up in here. So, yes. Ooh, build tension. Look at this cool rug. There's a cool lamp over there. Yep. Yeah, so pretty much don't, don't I mean, do yeah, don't do that. Make your, it is good to put narration in action scenes. It's good to break up that because it does increase intensity, but you have to do it sparingly and be careful with what you're putting in. If it's not adding to the scene, then don't put it in. Slow motion action scenes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what movie was it that we watched recently that had all over the place? Well, Lord of the Rings has them everywhere. <laughs> All those stupid slow motion tears, single tears. Single tears. Yeah, we should do a count. <laughs> Slightly muffled audio while it's happening. Yep. And abusive slow motion. Yeah. Okay, so my last, um, my last takeaway for this is based on the reader promise, and not every book needs a strong reader promise. But what a reader promises is once you get the setup and the inciting incident, you know kind of vaguely where they're heading. This movie has no reader promise in it. There's we're jerked back and forth from everything. They've got this goal that they don't even know what the goal is because it changes so frequently. Like rescue Minho, get away from the cranks, you know. Do get away from Wicked, you know. Josh, you look like you're thinking. That's because I realized I can actually use this for what I'm writing right now. Oh. Like, this is useful. <laughs> okay. What not to do? The the reader's promise. I've never oh. heard of that before, and that's super oh, yeah. useful. Yeah. No, I mean, people should know, like, kind of what to expect when they pick the book up. That's why they picked it up. It's like writing Yeah, so your title future. is going to usually have something to do with the reader mm-hmm. promise. It doesn't have to, but it should, generally. So, like, the title will say, um, what's a good title? Um, well, the Maze Runner, so you know. I'm going to bring up an example for me. Uh, Mistborn. He makes it sound like it's a heist movie that they don't actually do. <laughs> they even have, like, the whiteboard with, like, Kelsier. What? Kelsier. And, 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 like, he, they, they actually talk about the plan and then they execute none of it. And it actually really pissed me off. As much as I like Mistborn, mm-hmm. the promise. I mean, in I well, in the of, second book, they're like, "We're going to go to this destination." Then quarter way to the destination, they change their mind. They realize that they were always where they needed to be, and then yeah. they and they they pack up all their bags and, and then don't go anywhere. You know, it's ironic. Reader promise. I learned about it from Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, he doesn't do it. <laughs> and you teach a class, bro. He does a decent job in some of his books. Yeah, but in general, yeah, I think Mistborn is really good. Except for the second book. Like the characters that you enjoy. I really like the second book. What? It makes me feel despair. It it makes me feel emotional. Well, yeah, but but I hate that. (laughs) I I, I see the flaws in the series, like you point out. The first book, I know the first book's tone is completely different from the rest of the series. And that's a huge problem. And I mean, yeah. But we love Mistborn. We do actually really like it. So he succeeds and he lives in a castle. (laughs) 
Kevin J. Anderson lives in a castle oh, in real yeah. life. Um, so, so what do we know, I guess? <laughs> what do we know? Uh, but I felt jerked around because I was like, wait yeah. a second, you said this was like a magical heist and then it's not. Yeah. yeah. So reader, reader promise is actually very important. You want your readers to feel like they're there for the trip so they can savor it and enjoy how they get to that point. And, you know... This, this works really great in Hero's Journey type stories, you know, and that's a lot of middle grade fantasy, but um, middle grade fiction and everything. But I think, I mean, like with the romance, the, the readers promises they're going to get together, you know, and in Hunger Games, the reader promises she's going to get off of that, you know, get out of the arena and all that. So Hunger Games, I mean, so Hunger Games are really important. <laughs> reader promises are very important. And like I was saying, this one didn't feel like it had a very solid objective. And you guys kind of hinted at that too. Yeah, that's well. Yeah. That's why the pacing sucks is they don't really have like they vaguely talk about finding the right hand, which is the rebels against wicked multiple hey, times. Like but I don't feel like that's their driving the way through the movie. They're just like, um, I actually have it written down the exact dialogue. Um, they mention the mountain people, and he's just like, someone says, "That's your goal." And he's just like, what else is there we have or whatever? And it's just like, they can do all these other things. They feel like, yeah, I feel like they have to rediscover their objective multiple times during the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't have a goal. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much it for this. Yeah. If you guys are okay with that. Yeah. Um, Okay. So we're doing the death cure. Death cure. Yeah. Death trials is what I was going to say. We're going to do another trial. (laughs) That's going to be next week. We're actually going to record it tonight though. (laughs) And we're going to be doing a movie. um, We'll have Michael Brent Collings on. I'm not sure when, probably in a couple weeks though, but Michael Brent Collings is a best-selling horror author and he's also a screenwriter and we're going to do one of his movies. And he's going to talk to us about what it's like to be the screenwriter of the movie. And that, that should be really interesting. I'm very excited about that. It wasn't a book adaptation, was it? No, he did it straight screenwriter. Screenwriting. Right. Interesting. That'll be good. Mm-hmm. Screenplay. Screenplay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have Tristy Pinkson coming on uh, towards the end of February. And the one we're doing with her is the Potato Pill Society or whatever that one is called. The, that's her, it, the name is It's like 12 one. words in that name. And I never remember it. But I know Potato Pill's in it. And that one is, I've been hearing so many good things about that movie. Like all my author friends are talking about it. Um, we'll be doing a marketing podcast here soon, probably after the death cure though. So it won't be the first week of February, which is when it should be, but I'd rather finish this series off and then, and then we're also having a baby in the beginning of March. So we have to put that off. It's a scheduling conflict with the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We are not putting that (laughs) off. (laughs) I am not being pregnant any more than I have to. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so we'll probably do a bunch of short episodes and then record them ahead of time and then hand them off to Josh to release when they're supposed to go. Because Josh is not having a baby and it should not affect his life very much. That he probably knows not. of. Yeah, that he knows of. Oh dear. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Nolan. I don't know what you do when you're not here. Jeez. <laughs> 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 We don't. This is a family podcast. I know. That's why we're disappointed. Actually, this is not really a family podcast because of this man right here, and I'm pointing at my husband. (laughs) I don't know. I could edit all out, so it's partially my fault too. Oh yeah, that's true. But you don't usually do edits. I'm the one that edits now. That's true. I just hand it off to you to make it sound good, and if I missed anything, which I have, right? Loudness. Really appreciate the ones that you've caught. Anyway, well, okay, so yeah, we're going to have a good time here next few weeks, but I'm excited. I'm excited for the upcoming podcast episodes we're doing. And you should be too. 
Yes, our listeners. Yes. <laughs> okay, so if you have any questions, send me an email at andreatselfpublishstrong.com. Don't forget to support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash selfpublishstrong. And those of you who listen every single week, please post a review because I've had so many people tell me that this podcast offers great value. And I'm like, you haven't posted a review yet. <laughs> please tell other people of this value. Thank yeah. you for reviewing my podcast to me. Now please review it to someone to the else. world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, because, I mean, the thing is, like, the best way to get people to listen is through reviews. And you guys know that with books. The best way to get readers to read is through reviews. And um, we want to be getting... I want to be going on other people's podcasts, but, I mean... I can't, you know, we've got so much going on right now. I'm having a baby in like five weeks. And so, so please post a review. Uh, even if you are, have never done it before, just look into it wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, is it, it's on Google play, right? Yeah. Our podcasts. Well, not Google play. It's on Google podcasts, which is much better than the Google play music. Okay. And it's, we have, we, we're on Stitcher and on Stitcher, iTunes. iTunes, Google podcasts. Okay. Sweet. All the major ones. Good. And if there's anywhere, any what, any place where we aren't, yeah, if there's any place where we aren't that you listen to podcasts, let us know and we'll get there too. But you can't because you can't get this podcast. Because you don't <laughs> listen to the, us on that show. I mean, on that. <laughs> anyway. That sucks to be you. Because <laughs> they, they don't even know we're talking about them. Yeah, That's so. called gossip. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about them more often if they can't hear us. <laughs> talk about all the people who don't listen to us. That's a lot well, we we do. We talk about authors major, all the time. Major tone shift for this podcast. <laughs> yes, no kidding. Which we are against tone shifts that are not appropriate. We just <laughs> talked about it. <laughs> yeah, we need to give a, a listener a uh, promise. Yeah. And stick to it. Okay, Nolan, where can people find you? Uh, Art with Nolan on Instagram. Sweet. He's been doing um, what you're working on a night gone right now. Yes. And it's going to be project. taking, uh, it's going to be in my next series, yes. which I'm excited about. A demon. Josh, what are you working on? Where can people find you? Um, I'm, depending on how busy I am with school, I'm, I'm tentatively planning on reawakening my YouTube channel and putting more music on it. But Sweet. And you can just search my name, Joshua Keith Pearson. It'll pop up and you can find old stuff that I've uploaded YouTube. But other than that, um, I'm still going to be working on that book. So Yeah, that's awesome. So... We'll hold you to it. We'll have you on after death cure, like in like three months or something, like what we've been doing, and then you should be done by then. Uh, depending on school, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I wrote the keep clan in my first book, taking twenty two credits, working three jobs. <laughs> yeah, well. I also got paid to write it because the job was like, if you don't have anything to do at work, go ahead and work on your own projects. It's like sweet, I'll write I'm a book. I'm also really lazy, so. <laughs> what's uh, what's your word count goal for the project? For the project, probably, but I don't, I don't, I haven't really decided. I'm kind of looking at where it goes. I'm. I'm what what genre are you writing? Is it fantasy, straight fantasy, or? Um, I don't really know. You said it sounded similar to like urban fantasy. Okay, so urban fantasy can go 70. between 60, 70, 80. It could end up being. Cave Colonia sized. It yeah. Did, might end up being a type of thriller fantasy. I don't know. You got to pick your genre. It makes it a lot easier to market. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's for the readers okay to too, or listeners too. Because you don't know what you want to do. But once you figure it out, see, see and then aim at it. I'm yeah. trying to decide how dark I want it to be because it deals a lot with dark Depression. Things. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's not out of the range of any of like Any fantasy. fantasy yeah. Yeah. So. Fun. Okay. Well, that's cool. No. Depressing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
All right, we're going to end now because we have to go eat dinner, yes. and then we're going to record Death Cure. Yes. So, listeners, you will be hearing Death Cure in like a week, but we've recorded it in an hour. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye. talk to you all later. Bye. <laughs> Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs>